New sponsor alert. Support for today's episode comes from True Classic. This brand new sponsor is the absolute best fitting t-shirts a man can buy. Finding the right t-shirt or a little bit of dad bod is incredibly frustrating. Most t-shirts are either way too tight on your gut or look way too big and boxy. You're not in high school anymore and it's time to upgrade. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men finally get a better fit for an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they can offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off using code DOINK at trueclassic.com. Not only are you finally getting a t-shirt designed for your male body, but the first thing you'll notice is how big and soft it is. Get ready to make a thrift shop run because you won't be able to go back to cheap materials once you try these. It's about time you learn how to dress yourself properly. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with code DOINK. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day return policy. Stay classy with True Classic. Your dad bod will thank you. The last sponsor of the day is BetterHelp. Hey everyone, you know Brendan and Eric take football very seriously, but there's something we should be taking even more seriously, and that is your mental health. Some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that could be not be further from the truth. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 licensed therapists. It's not crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional therapy done securely online. One of the biggest advantages of BetterHelp is how quickly you can start talking to a licensed professional. If you have looked for a therapist in the area, you can you know it's, it can even take weeks or even months just to find someone that you're comfortable talking to. With BetterHelp, it can take as little as 48 hours and it is easy to change therapists if needed. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year, so get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash podcast. And we want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. And welcome back to another episode of the Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deke. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also write the podcast and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. It would also be greatly appreciated. I think I'm over the hump with my cold. I'm looking good. I'm sounding good. I'm feeling good. I'm with my co-host, Eric Warner, Warren Z. Did you catch any of the college football last night? I did not, actually. We had our slow pitch and uh we're going to the finals that is what i did last night well i was with you but yeah. like, you know, when you got home did you turn on any of the college football no I no didn't. oh man i caught that pittsburgh game was absolutely insane i think they called the backyard bowl pittsburgh versus west virginia great game electric and then purdue and penn state also came down the wire it was really exciting football's back baby we are in full football mode now. At first glance, I thought the week one of uh, college football was looking weak. But it still is. It's all right. It's better than what I originally thought. I'm seeing some more games that I'm looking forward to watching than first glance. Well, now that we figured out you can bet on anytime touchdowns. Yeah, that's right. I did not know. Because I, I knew you could do it in national championship games. Like we hit. Who was the Alabama tight end we hit last year? Oh, at like plus 450. Yeah, the Hawaiian yeah. guy. I had him at I had him for first touchdown at like plus twenty five hundred and he dropped it. Yeah. I remember, but then he came through later in the game. He did. I can't remember what his name was, but um, yeah. There's uh, there's a couple of bets you like. We were thinking of parlaying Jackson Smith to Jigba and uh, Brock, Brock Bowers. Bowers. It's like about it's about plus one hundred. By the time you listen to this, it might be too late. But yeah, that's what we're on tomorrow. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to college football. I'm going to be at the score office in the war room working during it. I'm really excited to uh, kind of get that environment. And, man, we are officially today nine days away. We were Nick Foles days away till the first Sunday. We are six days away till uh, opening night. And uh, we are doing NFC West today. You said before the podcast that you think this division is getting overrated, and I actually like that take. 
Yeah, I mean, last year they were considered the best division in football, and I agree with that. I think some people are maybe thinking too much in, too much of last year than this year, because this year, I think all four teams take a step back. I can I can buy that 100%. I don't know what... I guess ah, the 49ers what? is funny because they made the NFC Championship, yeah. but you almost feel like they didn't play to their right. potential because they kind of got some luck in the playoffs. The Dallas Cowboys blew that game. Packers blew it. Like they didn't, they didn't really no, play. No, they dominated the Packers. Yeah, but like the special Packers just get a punt off, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't. They held Green Bay till three points after the first. Yeah, possession. I know. Okay, I'm not saying it was fully luck, but my point is, is. The offense for the 49ers didn't play well. I think the ceiling for the offense is a lot higher this year. But I, don't I feel like think the f- there is a ceiling. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. a weird team. But um, yeah, high variance team. Like, like yeah. you said, the Dolphins and the Saints, I think they're kind of in that category, which I'm going to get to. But I'm going to kick us off today. I'm going to start with the Arizona Cardinals, a team that we bashed a lot last year. And um, it might continue on this episode. Stay tuned. The <laughs> Arizona Cardinals extended Cliff Kingsbury and general manager, or head coach Cliff Kingsbury and, and general manager Steve Kimes offseason. They are signed through 2027. <coughs> Excuse me. The Cardinals have had a long offseason, Warner. They had they extended Kyler Murray to a contract after he posted on social media that he wanted a contract extension. Remember the agent posted that stupid Instagram. Was it Instagram or Twitter post? I can't remember exactly where he put it. But it was in like the smallest font. Yeah. And it happens so long ago. People kind of forget. Then they end up signing him to a contract. And... He they put a clause in the contract that he has to study for four hours and then four hours a week and then they remove that clause. DeAndre Hopkins gets suspended for six games. Kyler Murray's calling plays in preseason. They're bashing each other in the media. The coach. It was kind of just a chaotic offseason for them, uh, and we'll see if it pans out. And a lot of the chaos was on the offensive side of the ball, which I'm going to start. Warner, they're basically running it back on the offense. There's not much changes to last year's team. The one big change is they did trade for wide receiver Marquise Brown. Uh, they gave a first-round pick, so he is going to be the starting wide receiver. Like I mentioned, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for the first six games. Going back to the running it back, they uh, they they signed James Conner to a big contract extension this offseason. They re-signed Zach Ertz to a contract extension He's there for three years now. They brought back A.J. Green. They they extended uh, left tackle D.J. Humphreys to a big contract extension. Rodney Hudson is returning. Thank God he's returning or this offensive line could have been in some deep trouble. And the only big move, big move the only move that they made um, on the offensive line was a sign guard, Will Hernandez. He's going to be starting at right guard. So they are basically running it back fully on the offense. Warren, where do you think this team finished in offensive DVOA last year? Um... <coughs> I don't know. Take a guess. 10. 15th. That even? 15th. They were basically the definition of average on offense. 17th in weighted DVOA. So it kind of shows they kind of tailed off towards the end. The thing about the Cliff Kingsbury offense, Warner, is they kind of do what they do. They they run that air raid style offense. They spread it out. They kind of attack some gaps in the run. There's not much to talk about on the offense. Like the offense is going to be very similar. DeAndre Hopkins last year. Played 91% of his snaps as an X receiver. I mean, wrap your head around that one. He played yeah. 91% of his snaps as the X receiver. They do what they do. They don't mm-hmm. change it up. There is no adjustments to this team. So he, so Cliff Kingsbury. Right. And that's the whole book on Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. No adjustments. 
Going back to his college. Are you going to throw the win total ones? Yeah. Yeah, I had this set too. Since Read 2013, it out. that's nine seasons sample size. Games one through seven, he's 42 and 20. Game eight onwards, 17 and 45. So teams adjust to him and he doesn't make adjustments back. Yep. That's been the book on him. And again, this is a team that was 15th in offensive DVOA. And they are running it back. There, there's not much changes to it. I don't think Hollywood Brown really pull, like moves the needle on Doesn't this. Doesn't for me. Yeah, neither, neither do I. My, this is a stat that blew my mind. He had negative EPA per target on passes over 20 yards last year. He was a bad deep threat. Wow. So he was not he was not having a positive impact on balls past 20 yards thrown to him. And they brought him in to be a deep threat receiver. And he I, ca- also, I also just dislike how he wanted out of Baltimore because he d- thought it was didn't fit the scheme, a wide receiver, blah, blah, blah. He was ninth in the NFL in targets last year. Yep. He had 146 targets last year. Yeah. In what world are you being underutilized in Baltimore? And he was their yeah, he was their main guy. And again, he wasn't he wasn't having a it wasn't having a positive impact for what he was supposed to do. And I just don't really like the fit either. Like they already have Rondale Moore. They use a second round draft pick already on a receiver a that's small, kind of similar. Yeah. yeah. I, there's the, the X factor on this offense. I think this year is Trey McBride, who they drafted in the second round. He was the best tight end in college football last year. I think he was the top tight end taken. And he goes to Arizona. I'm assuming they're going to kind of use him almost like a, like a jacked up fullback type. Like you'll have him in the backfield a little bit. Cliff Kingsbury has known to do that at Texas tech and that kind of college style offense. He's going to be kind of used all over the field. If he can play well, like he's kind of like the one addition that they didn't make that you're not going to see coming. So I think he's really important to this offense this year, how they kind of use him. And I think Zach Kurtz has to play to his contract because they gave him quite a bit of money. It's not like Zach Kurtz is cheap. Yeah, They're signing him to kind of be the old Zach Kurtz. Yeah. There's some things on this offense that have to regress. Number one for me would be James Conner, 18 touchdowns. <laughs> That's not happening again. Well, I'm I'm fairly confident that's not happening again. They were fourth in red zone offense. That's not sticky. How about this one? They had 26 offensive fumbles last year. They recovered 23 of them. <laughs> that's a great one. That's not sticky. That is not no. happening again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, go on. You, no, so I was just saying that's that's all areas of regression. And for me... This is a poor offensive line. I agree. Rodney Hudson, you mentioned, thank God he got came back. He was a top 12 center seven straight years. Last year, he was the 31st ranked center. He had a rough year last year. And at 34, is he going to, I mean, he's a borderline Hall of Famer, so I want to, I have hope for him. We'll see, but at 34, it wouldn't be shocking if he doesn't revert back to Pro Bowl, and, Pro Bowl form. And it was his head in it? Like, he kind of yeah. took half the year, half the summer to decide if he wanted to come back. He's kind of a, he's kind of a, he's got that kind of alpha, alpha attitude. Yeah. You can kind of see if this, if it goes south, mm. he can kind of take that yeah. with him. Will Hernandez was brought in on a one-year, $1 million contract. He's which bad. tells me nobody wanted yeah. him. Kelvin Beecham and DJ Humphreys. DJ Humphreys is, he's kind of inconsistent. He has his good spurts. He has his bad spurts. That contract they gave him was mind-blowing to me. 
I thought it was okay. He's he's good. He's solid. I guess they couldn't afford for him to yeah. leave. They're banking on some upside with the contract. Like you're not you're yeah. kind of paying for the future a little bit. But Kelvin Beecham and Justin Pugh are kind of I think they're on the back nine of their career. Neither of them are I wouldn't call either of them above average. So I'm I'm just low on this offensive line and ground game in general. James Conner, I'm sorry. Good story. Beat cancer and everything. Had an amazing year last year. Was a fantasy darling. He's not replicating that. So PFF had them ranked as the 15th offensive, or not PFF, sorry, Football Outsiders had them ranked as the 15th offensive line last year. That was a much to do at the beginning of the season. They really fell off towards the end. I'm going to touch on the offensive line kind of towards the end. I'm going to jump onto their defense right now. And going to use this term again, they are running it back on defense. There's not a lot of changes here on the defensive side of the ball. Their big addition was Antonio Hamilton, at cornerback who was supposed to start. And I don't know if you saw the news that, that he got a, a cooking burning. Did you see? Did you he hear burned about himself? He cooking. burned himself cooking. So he's put on the NFI list. You didn't see this yesterday? No. You should look it up the picture. He's got like second degree burns all over his thigh. It's really ugly. Oh, I'm, like grease? Yeah, it, it looked like a grease accent, something like that, or hot water. But yeah. he, he, like, there was a picture on Twitter I saw. It's like his whole thigh is burnt. He was placed on the non football injury list yesterday. He was supposed to start at right cornerback. For them now, Marco Wilson, maybe he's back by the week one. We don't know that yet, but Marco Wilson, um, who they, Antonio Hamilton was signed to replace Marco Wilson. Actually, Marco Wilson was awful. He was ranked 109 at 116 cornerbacks last year. Um, but I'll, I'll jump back to their, uh, I'll jump back to their front seven. They're banking. This is JJ Watt again. You're banking on JJ Watt to stay healthy. He didn't play very many games last year. You need him to kind of be the guy that you signed him to be. Zach Allen, Rashard Lawrence. In the middle, it doesn't really do it for me. Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons is in the um, are their linebackers right now. I like how Isaiah Simmons is kind of playing back to linebacker where he should be playing. However, him and Zayvon Collins together to me just doesn't seem like a good fit. I like Marcus Golden, Isaiah but you gave him a big Simmons, contract as well. Isaiah Simmons, it's shocking to me how poor he is in coverage. Yeah, that's why he should be playing linebacker. He's this, he's but he's an outstanding athlete. Yeah. The book on him coming out of college was he's going to be able to cover really well, whether you use him as a linebacker or safety. That just hasn't transitioned to the pros. Yeah, athleticism doesn't always mean good coverage, right? It's like true. It's, it doesn't really always translate like that. Um, so yeah, th- this defense is literally exactly the same. There's not much at all different. One thing I do like is this defense is Vance Joseph. I was just coaching say, out of his freaking mind. How was this unit number six in DVOA last year? Tenth in 2020. Yeah, this is back to back years. Vance Joseph has has made a top tw- uh, top ten defense. If he can do it again, yeah, then this is like an all time coaching job. Yeah, last year yeah. I want. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. I want to say last year was one of the most impressive coordinating jobs in the league. Just looking at this roster, and they finished sixth in DVOA. This secondary, outside of Buda Baker, he's a good one. The By, Byron Murphy is your cornerback one, and you had the sixth DVOA yeah. defense? That's impressive. Vance Joseph has done a hell of a job coaching up this defense, and uh, he's going to have to do it again. Like, There's not a lot of talent here to be used. They're going to have to kind of use Isaiah Simmons in, in, in um, creative ways. David Collins is going to have to take a big step up, but they didn't the do loss, much that. They lost Chandler Jones, mm-hmm. who is that's, by that's far their highest pressure um, edge rusher. And like you said, 
that's just putting more workload on J.J. Watt. Can he pick up the slack of losing Chandler Jones? I'm glad you brought that up, too, because I have here. They were 21st in hurries last year. Right. This wasn't a good pass rush. Mm. Chandler Jones had five sacks the first game, I believe, yeah. right? I think he only had five and a half after that. But still, he was always he's he was consistent. Yeah, he's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. You lose him, and your replacement is J.J. Watt. And you're banking on Marcus Golden and kind of pay up the contract that you signed him to. Um, in general, from the, or from the Arizona Cardinals... I use this term over the last five minutes, and I think it's important with them. They are running it back. They are the same freaking team. I went through the ESPN transaction list because I was like, did I miss a signing? Did I miss anything they did? They literally re-upped their team that lost to the LA Rams that got their ass kicked. Obliterated. So, like, I don't understand the plan here in Arizona. Why are you settling for mediocrity? Why yeah. don't you want to get better? Why are you paying the same guys that you got your ass kicked by in the wild card round? And barely made the wild card. Right. And let's transition this into an offseason talk that we didn't have. Kyler Murray threw a hissy fit, and they rewarded him with a massive contract. Yeah. They had to pay him, though. We talked about this. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. They, had- they could have played this year without paying him. I, Kyler Murray's a great player. He's mm-hmm. a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. He's their best player by far. You have to pay him. His record is under 500, and in his lone playoff appearance, he was horrific. Yeah, because the team is not good. The talent around him is not good. This is not a good roster. This is this is Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's going to have to play out of his freaking mind for this team to be good this year. Right. All I'm saying is they could have offered him that contract a year later. But then, you're paying, but then you're paying more. How do you know? Because he's probably he's going to be good this year. I don't think I don't think this team's Kyler Murray's fault. Kyler Murray's gonna have a good season. He's a great fo- he's a talented hell of a quarterback. Is Kyler Murray on the field week twelve? Well, that's hard to say. It's hard to I predict. give that like I give that a 50-50 chance. The fact you even have to think about it scares me for giving a guy a long-term contract. My opinion is it's this is not Kyler's fault. I, I'm fine with the Kyler contract. Always have been. I think it's I agree with you. The way that he handled it was probably wrong. But I do think they had to pay him at some point. They were going to eventually. You can't let Kyler Murray walk at the door with this roster. He's he, like. He, but he wasn't walking out yeah, the but, door. Yeah, but then you're playing the franchise tag game. Like, you just don't want to yeah. go down that path. Like, I think it's just safer if you pay him the money. The Kyle contract's not the problem. The problem is, is general manager Steve Kime has built a terrible roster around him. He's wasted draft picks. Rondale Moore in the second round. And then you're trading a first-round pick for basically the same player this year. Josh Jones in the second round, who's now your backup right tackle, can't crack an offensive line right now. You're drafting Trey McBride a tight end in the second round when you already signed Zach Ertz to a $30 million contract. Why? Yeah. Look, Zach Ertz is one of my favorite players of all time. Love him to death, but can't you use that money elsewhere like to maybe sign a freaking offensive guard? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just drafted Trey McBride. There's this, the Byron Ross, Murphy, yeah, cornerback one. The roster building doesn't make any sense to me. And they just re-upped Steve Kime to six-year contract. Yeah. He's made the playoffs once in eight seasons. And they just gave another six-year deal. Something's something's not right here in Arizona. That's bizarre. Look, I think Kyler Murray's good enough to take this team to, like, I think the ceiling for this team is like a 10-win season. I think Kyler Murray can do that. But I think there's a legit, a legit scenario here, Warner, where this team falls apart. All of the, all of the off-season drama comes into play. The Kyler Murray contract clause comes into That's play. That's another factor, though. Yeah. Locker room's opinion it, of Kyler Murray. Is he viewed as a leader? Yeah. When you're giving a guy that type of money, you better be sure. I'm not sure if he's a leader. And that, like, that, that again, fair fair criticism. 
I don't think this is my pull. What I'm trying to say is I don't think this is going to be a Kyler Murray problem. I think this is going to be a team problem. You I think made it's be a, a roster ton building. of very good points yeah. about this roster. And, and this, like, again, there's a scenario where this completely falls apart here. The offensive line ends up being bottom five in the league. Marquise Brown, A.J. Green don't do well in the first six AJ weeks. A.J. Green. Yeah. Then DeAndre Hopkins come back from suspension. It's already too late. J.J. Watt gets hurt again. Then you literally have zero pass rushers. The secondary, Marco Wilson, one of the worst cornerbacks in the league. Zayvon Collins doesn't take the step up that you believe. Why are we taking an off-ball linebacker two years in a row? Like, that doesn't right. make any sense to me. This this roster is poorly and how built. how about this? Their defense is going to have <laughs> to deal with the second toughest schedule of opposing offenses. So this defense is fighting an uphill battle with no pass rush. I wanted to do this team first because I was angry looking at this roster. I think this team... I think when you have a quarterback like Kyler Murray, you should be able to build a top 10 roster. And the way that they've done it has been awful. Steve Kime should not be an NFL GM. If I was an Arizona Cardinal fan, I'd be pissed. I think this team, I think they're probably going to finish like 8, 9, 7, and 10 realistically. But I think there's a really high chance. I think there's a solid chance that they fall apart. Like this is this could be a disaster. This has like yeah. twenty twenty Eagles written all over it, where everything goes wrong for you. Like they completely bottom out. There's you know there's always one team a year that is right. supposed to be somewhat good, and then it wins four games. Yeah, this has Arizona Cardinals would be the one like they would be the the first team I'd bet mm. go to Vegas with. We're going back, back to back, back to back years. We're predicting the Arizona yeah. Cardinals well, fall apart. Last <laughs> year it, it sort of happened though, right? I know. It's it, like were we weren't we weren't wrong. Yeah. Like they did, they got off to a really high hot start. Yeah. But like the last memory that we have of Arizona, like Arizona's defense last year from week twelve to week eighteen was twenty fourth in EPA per play. So right. they they were really good at the beginning. And that it kind of swayed the analytic stats kind of towards their way. So um, I'm I think this seems I, I I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping for it too because I want to be right. But this because <laughs> we've been doing it two years in a row, so I'm kind of praying for a Cardinals downfall because I, I I think Cliff Kingsbury is not a good head coach. I don't think Steve Kimes a good general manager. I think Kyler Murray just deserves better. I I I think Arizona Cardinal fans deserve better. This this organization hasn't really been a good organization. I think I think they have the longest lasting Super Bowl show. We still have not been able to find an Arizona Cardinals fan. Yeah, I still it's don't like know the, one. It's like yeah, the only team where I don't know anybody who's a fan. Of I feel like I can name a buddy of every team. Yeah, I, I think I've met, I don't think I've ever met an Arizona Cardinals fan. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm not I'm not on this team at all. Um, I'm. Uh, Kind of All right. Cheer for the downfall. Give me uh, who are you starting with. I'm gonna go with those Seattle Seahawks first. Geno Smith wins the quarterback battle, or did Drew Locke lose it? Because Drew I mean, Locke was horrific in the preseason. Yeah. The tank is f- tank is in full effect here, in my opinion. They're trying to lose. Why did Pete Carroll sign up for that? Because they 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 know they had a year. They know they have a punt year. Like they can afford it. Like they they've been a great think, team. But I think this is like two year, two to three year rebuild. Really? I don't think this is. Yeah. Okay. Oh man. Yeah. I'm gonna guess Locke plays at some point. So it's gonna be a combination of Locke and Geno this year. As starters, both those guys combined thirteen and twenty six. I just can't figure Drew Locke out. This was a guy, I'm going to be honest, in, coming out of college, I I liked. Mm. He has the arm talent. There's it's no question that. has got all the intangibles. That. It's weird. 
upstairs, it never worked out. Mm -hmm. So dead wrong on that. O-line was bad last year. They gave up the second most pressures in the league on non-blitz snaps. So basically this unit, when they were asked to pass protect, really struggled in it. And they're starting rookies at tackle. Charles Cross, the ninth overall pick. That was a good value pick, getting him at nine. Apparently he's doing really well in preseason, really well. It's mm. been nothing but uh, um, roses for him so far. Exactly. Coming out of camp. Right tackle is third-round pick, Abraham Lucas. So I like both. I like what they did in the draft there. They went yeah. first round, third round, two tackles. They were positions of need. As good as Charles Cross could potentially be, Starting a pair of rookie tackles is extremely dangerous. Yep, agreed. Damian Lewis, Austin Blythe, and Gabe Jackson make up the interior. Uh, a little shaky there. Even though they're rookies on the tackles, I'm going to say their ed their tackles are better than their interior. I'm going to predict Tyler Lockett is traded by week five. What's the what's the trade deadline now? Is it week, week five or I think six? It's week eight, right? Week, oh, week, they moved it all the yeah. way back to eight. I think I think it's always been week eight. It should be week twelve. Yeah, I agree. But think I think traded? if a team, I think if a team has a wide receiver go down, a contender, Tyler Lockett would be option number one for that. They can save some money if they trade him, but they're eating. They would eat a lot of dead money. I don't know if he's tradable. He's got uh, he's got a lot he's got a lot of dead money attached. Like so, they would lose. They would have to eat up quite a bit of dead money if they traded him. They would save some, but I don't know. I feel like he's a guy you'd want to stick around, no? Yeah, but I I envision a, I don't know the team. A team loses a top wide receiver, and they're desperate. They might get the kind of offer you can't refuse type thing for Tyler Lockett. He's a really good wide receiver. He's quietly been super, super consistent. He was really good with Russell Wilson. That's the one thing. And he was really I was when I was I think I've said this on this podcast when I went back and watched Russell Wilson highlights from last year. Tyler Lockett was everywhere. Like the deep passes to Lockett was hitting. We haven't seen him without Russell Wilson yet. So that's a good point. Yeah. Or produce without DK Wilson. Metcalf got his contract done. It was a short-term deal, but he got it done in the offseason. And kudos to his agent realizing, hey, his numbers might drop this year. They were adamant. Get a deal done mm -hmm. now. Got it done. He got paid. Noah Fant coming in at tight end. Him and Will Disley. That's not a bad tight end room. Wide receiver three, D Eskridge. I think we both agreed he was a little overdrafted yeah. as a second round pick. 24 year old. I think he was 24 years old. He hasn't done anything. And they've, they've released Freddie Swain, so he's officially the third wide receiver. Yeah, so overall, though, Pete Carroll's still in charge. His prehistoric ways will ruin this team, in my opinion. They're going <laughs> to run the ball a lot on early downs with Rashad Penny. That means... And Kenneth Walker. And Kenneth Walker. That's a really, really good running back duo. That's one of the best running back duos in the NFL. Like, I haven't seen Kenneth Walker play. He's a rookie. Second-round pick, though. No, Rashad Penny... Quietly had an unbelievable end of the season. Like he year. did. Yeah. But I just envision Pete Carroll running a lot on first down, meaning third and long for Geno Smith or Drew Locke, which is just game over. Unfortunately, just with those guys as your quarterbacks, it's impossible to be optimistic about this offense. Let's look at the defense. I like Quandre Diggs. That's it. 
<laughs> what? You don't like? I think this. this I think Cephas is, is going to be interesting. No, no. What? No. This front seven is horrific. We're we're disagreeing on the Seahawks. Sorry, you like Sidney Jones and Artie Burns as your starting. I think Sidney Jones is somewhat. I think he can still play. I don't know if he's like a top starting corner, but I think he. Well, he's he, cornerback one. Yeah. And Artie Burns, I don't know too much about, but Quandre Diggs, I do like Jamal Adams. The contract is terrible. He's not good in coverage. But this is they have like Al like Puna Ford, Shelby Harris is a really good run stuffers. Jordan Brooks can really take off this year. Um, Cody Barton's not terrible. There's some players on this defense. And with Pete Carroll, like I, I don't think this defense is gonna be terrible. I think this defense is gonna be terrible. Okay. The front seven is bad. The guys you just named, I I'm not hopeful for them. Who know four and Shelby Harris can stop their damn run? Shelby Harris had a tough year yeah. last year. Puna Ford, I like. I'll give you that name. But say what you want about, um, sorry, what's the lot middle linebacker? Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner. He struck. He didn't have his best year he last year. He was bad last year. He still was. He still wore the green dot. He was still a leader. I think losing Bobby Wagner for the first time in a decade on this defense is going to create an immediate drop off. And there's no talent. I'm sorry, Jordan Brooks, you're hopeful for him. I'm not. Daryl Taylor, Al Woods, Cody Barton, Uchenna Nuosu. These are all starters. Nuosu can play. No, he can't. Yeah, he can. This is, I think you're severely underrating the Seattle Seahawks team in general. I, I okay, Sydney, here, I, Jones, I, my, Sydney Jones, Artie Burns, and Kobe Bryant is the worst cornerback group in the league. I don't know. The, I think the Arizona Cardinals cornerback group is worse than no. this one. I, oh, yeah. Marco Wilson is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Can I give my generic Seattle Seahawks take to you? Sure. Okay. I think the best bet for Seattle this year is to bottom out and get put in the in the CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, like Hunt. Like that's that would be the best outcome for this franchise. I think they're gonna be too good for that to happen. I think they're destined to win about six, seven, eight football games this year. Just from like the like they have you have DK Metcalf, Rashad Penny, Noah Fant as playmakers. Those aren't bad at all. Rashad Penny's stats towards the end of the year last year. Taken his last three games, 17 carries for 135 yards. Week 16, 25 carries for 170 yards. Week 17, 23 carries for 190 yards. He was an absolute monster down the stretch. When he's healthy, he's one of the best running backs in football. Then you bring in Kenneth Walker in the second round pick, who I think is going to be really good in the passing game. And are we going to talk about how Geno Smith isn't terrible? He played pretty well for the Seattle Seahawks when he was around. He was top 15 in EPA per play when he was when he was actually physically playing. I don't know how good he's going to be, but I think this team's a definition of mediocre. I don't think they're like a bottom. I don't think they can compare them to the Atlanta Falcons, New York Giants of the world. I don't think they're I that think, bad. I think they're picking number two overall. Okay, then we can agree to disagree here. But this front seven is bad, man. This is this on paper. I think is the worst defense in the league. They don't have talent. Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs as safeties. What can you? How? How much can two safeties do? Okay, we, we haven't put a bet on a team yet. I think this is it. I think this is the one. I'm looking uh, up. I'm going to look up win totals. They're f- what's I the, was going to say, what's under, their total? under five and a half is paying. I plus. think they win more than five and a half games. All right, there's our bet for two, the year. Four, two, four of beers. For the Super Bowl. <laughs> for the Super Bowl. 100%, there it is. All right. I think they win seven games this year. I think they go seven and ten. 
All right. I think they're going right. to battle. I, I think Pete Carroll is going to kind of have a bad. I think they've got a little chip on the shoulder. Again, I'm not. I was going to. I was thinking this morning. I was like, I kind of caught myself down throughout the day. I was going to come in hot and be like, they're a potential. They could potentially sniff a wild card spot, but I'm not going to go that crazy. I I I, uh, I'm, I like Geno Smith. I think he's a good player. I, I think he's getting, I think this is a chance to prove himself. And DK Metcalf is one of the best receivers in the league with Tyler Lockett, Rashad Penny. That's a great group. I just think there's too much talent. And Noah Fant's going to be a player of this offense as well. Um, I, I just don't see them as a bottom-feeding team like a lot of people Gino, do. Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Yeah, but Geno Smith can play. Geno Smith's not what? terrible. Geno Smith can play. Geno Smith is not. Oh. Did, you, did you watch him like last year when he took a step in for Russell Wilson? He wasn't bad. He wasn't bad at all when he stepped in for Russell Wilson last You're year. You're right. He beat the Jaguars last okay. year. Okay. Good gotta, for Geno. He can play. No, I, he Gino, yes, he can. Geno Smith can play fucking football. I disagree with that. Well, he's going to be what determines this back. Yeah. So we're going to find out. I can't wait. I, I, your beers are going to taste nice on Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday. He'll tell you that You're one. Nuts. All right, that's Seattle Seahawks. All right, let's get to the two better teams in the um, in the NFC West. I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. It is officially Trey Lance time in San Fran. Jimmy Garoppolo is sticking around. They restructured his contract. He's going to make about $7 million this year. The more I think about it, Warner, the more I think that it's not a terrible move, and I think he'll eventually might just get traded. If the quarterback does go he down, has a no yeah, but clause. he can. That's my point. Mm. He can pick where he wants to go. I think that was more. I think the no trade clause is more for Jimmy than the team. I think Jimmy was like, if I'm not going anywhere, like I'm, I don't want to go to a crappy team. Like, if yeah, I can, uh, I can wave it. I will wave it on my terms, kind of thing. Exactly. Um, I think there's a realistic shot he does get traded. And think about this: he hasn't practiced at all this offseason. Two days ago was his first practice, or whatever they signed him. Three days ago was his very first practice. He's basically yeah. been shunned out of the organization. Like, yeah. I, I think they're all in on Trey Lance. I, I, I would have a – unless there's an injury, I, I don't really think he's going to play. Um, I've kind of I've kind of changed my opinion on that. But Kyle Shanahan's back um, with uh, as a head coach. D'Amico Ryan's is back as defensive coordinator. They're kind of – they're they're strong there. The one thing is, too, that I think is maybe an under-talked-about storyline with this team is all of his coaches are gone. Mike McDaniel's gone, right? Like, they, all of his offensive co- uh, guys have been poached. So now he has to bring in new guys. We'll see how that works. It's Kyle Shanahan's system, and Kyle Shanahan's got an offense, but new guys there, right? We'll see how that but it happens in the NFL, right? When all your coaches start to leave, stuff can change. So maybe that's a storyline for later. But on the offensive side of the ball, um, I'm going to start with the, the the bad. I think this offensive line could be an issue. Um, Jake Brendel is starting at center. He only has three career starts. He's bounced around Miami and Dallas's career. He's going in at center. Do you have anything on Jake Brendel? You're nodding your head at me. No, but yeah. this is their biggest issue because yeah. Alex Mack retired in June. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they could use the draft to address the issue. That was kind of that was kind of a blind side. Mm-hmm. Alex Mack. And they definitely, I think, would have done something at the draft because they're also losing <coughs> Lake and Tomlinson, yeah. who's a stud guard for them. Stud. Okay. Solid. He was one of the yeah. best run blocking yeah. guards in the league. And when you run a zone running scheme like he does, like Shanahan does, Tomlinson was a big loss. And so was Alex Mack. Alex Mack is one of the most athletic centers in the league. And when you're running a zone running system like they do, that requires your offensive lineman to run a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think that those were two big losses. Yep. So Aaron Banks um, he replaces uh, Lake and Tomlinson. He was a second round pick last year, so he didn't play much at all um, last year. So he's getting his chance to start. 
And then Spencer Buf- Burford, Buford, Burford. I, I haven't been able, I haven't looked at his pronunciation, but fourth round pick. He's starting a right guard. They apparently like him a lot in training camp. I looked him up on Twitter today. Nothing but roses from him as well at training camp. So I think if there's a weakness on this team, it's the interior of the offensive line, center For guard, sure. guard. That's that's their one hole. And that can affect a young quarterback, right? So that's something to keep in mind. It helps when you have stud tackles. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, if, like you know, that's where I was going to go next. Like, Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchey was pretty good last year. I think he's above average. And Trent Williams is the best offensive line in football. Yeah. So that does help. Did he have the highest offensive line grade PFF ever given? Ever. He one of the best offensive line seasons. He almost like should have been like looked as MVP last year. (laughs) Was that good? Um, So yeah, he was. Trent Williams got a conversation going. Should they make an offensive lineman award? They hundred percent should. Because exactly, these guys never get the recognition. Yeah, they'll never be in on any awards for offensive player of the year or MVP. But Trent Williams contributed to this offense as much as anybody last year. So I didn't want to use a bunch of offensive stats from last year to kind of base off of my opinion because it's different. We don't know what it's going to look like. So I did like the EPA, yeah. DVOA, yards, any any offensive stat you can think of kind of goes out the window with this team going into this year because there's not much there's not much to go off of. But you, 86 dropbacks of Trey Lance yeah, last so year. And you know, how, many, how many pass attempts did he have at, at – uh, do you have the number like 350 at college? Yeah, yeah, like he barely... he's played five games in the last like three years. Yeah, so it's it's really tough to tell um, that uh, how he's gonna look, but you can kind of take a guess, which I'll get to in a sec. But the skill, I'm just gonna take a little look through the skill position guys. I think they have one of the best skill position groups in the NFL. Depot Samuel is one of the well, he was arguably the best offensive playmaker besides Cooper Cup. He probably was besides Cooper Cup in the NFL last year. 1,770 yards from scrimmage and 14 touchdowns. Second in yards per route run last year. He was an animal. I don't know if they're going to use him like that this year. Remember? Because that was part of the contract battle. Yeah, How but much now that they've the... paid him, they're going to want to use yeah, him. Yeah, you can't say no on the huddle. Yeah. <laughs> if you're in the huddle, you got to use the play calls. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the, the back and forth on that. I'm assuming there's a middle ground there. I don't know if it'd be used exactly like that. I'm assuming it'll probably maybe stick to red zone. But it's... Uh, He's he's really good football player. Like second yard per run really caught me off guard because you don't really think of him as a receiver, but yeah. he was. Like he is a legit his, receiver. His yards after catch is yeah. off the charts, and that's the whole point of the Shanahan offense, right? It's about getting the ball in your playmaker's hands and yards after catch. Mm-hmm. That's why I am so conflicted about Trey Lance because this is the most quarterback friendly system in the league. But this guy's played three games in the last five, or sorry, five games in the last three years. Yeah. What the heck do we know about him? <laughs> so, again, I'll get to that in a second. I'm just going to run through a couple more of these guys. Brandon Ayuk, I think, is prime for a breakout candidate year. For sure. I think him and Trey Lance match well with the deep ball. Lance can throw the ball deep. I, I think he's ready to pop. Really like Brandon Ayuk coming to college. I think this this could be his year. Of course, George Kittle, we know what he meet, brings to the offense and the run game. Can he stay healthy? He's a big one. And they quietly signed Ray-Ray McLeod of free agency. I think he's going to be somewhat used in this offense. Danny Gray was, if you listen to this podcast, you know I was a big fan of Danny Gray in the draft. He had a big touchdown to tr- from Trey Lance in the preseason. He made the roster. Glad to see him stick. I think he's got juice. This is a really good wide receiver room and a really good tight end room. Um, the running back room is tough to tell what it's going to look like. Like, are we going Eli Mitchell here? Who the hell knows? Do you, do you have a read on this? I was really, really surprised that Trey Sermon was let go. Okay. Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson Jr., Tyrion Davis Price, Jordan Mason. And they love Jordan took, Mason, apparently. Like they took four running backs. Yeah. 
That's the Shanahan way. Mm-hmm. Add in they also still have Kyle Juszczyk, who's going to be on the field. I don't know who's going to get the ball. Yeah. you got to guess it's Eli Mitchell. To start, at least. Yeah, and I mean, they are playing the Bears week one, and I could see them having a big day on the ground. Let's talk about George Kittle. Got to be... I have him as best tight end in the league because I'm obsessed with the blocking and receiving factor of tight ends. I still I find it hard to call Travis Kelsey a tight end because <laughs> he doesn't block. That's Fair. why I'll always give George Kittle the benefit of that distinction. He's as good as it gets. Tyler Croft is a nice backup. He's probably going to be asked to block a ton, which is what he does well. It's like four, they have four tight ends on the roster. And Kyle, you check. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you if you take a look at their depth chart, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. They're going to run the freaking football. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to get to with Trey Lance. I think they have a weapon on the run game with Trey Lance. Kind of, I'm not exactly what Philly did with Jalen Hurts last year, but you can see similar ways that they're going to use Trey Lance. If you go watch his, there's not a lot of tape of it. Go watch his North Dakota State highlights when he's running the football. He is a freight train running at you. He is Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. And bigger. Yeah, yeah. What's weird, though, is I tried to find runs from last year with Trey Lance with 49ers. He played, I think he had one start in preseason. He looked shaky running the ball. And I've heard that he, I've heard from or read from multiple different people on Twitter and podcasts that he has had a tough time adjusting to the speed of the NFL and the run game where the handoffs go and whatnot. And that could be an issue. They need him to be a top-tier runner. For this offense to work. It's very understandable that he's not used to the speed because yeah. he, again, hasn't played football. Yeah. Like, So I think that the ceiling of this offense could be if Trey Lance runs for like 700 yards and he throws for like three, maybe just over 3,000, similar year to Jalen Hurts last year. Um, he's probably, he has more arm talent than Jalen Hurts. We can do more with the deep ball and whatnot, but kind of expecting a similar outcome him and I, I do think just get the ball in playmakers hands like there is you can see a pathway with his offense I'll touch up we'll, we'll go back to the offense at the end I'm going to touch on their defense which I really really like Warnsey this front seven is stacked Javon Kinlaw Eric Armstead Nick Bosa three of the best like three really top tier defensive linemen right there Drake Jackson an underrated draft pick I might sprinkle on him for rookie of the year not a, a defensive rookie of the year don't know if I'm there yet but they they literally breed defensive linemen in uh, San Francisco. Kevin uh, Kuserik, I believe Kuserik is their defensive line coach, one of the best position coaches in football. He is awesome at breeding defense. They literally breed defensive linemen. Yeah. In, in San Francisco, you go. It, it's almost like if you want to sign a one year one million dollar deal, go do it in San Francisco, and then you can get paid after. Yeah. It, it happens. Time, you saw like DJ. I think DJ Reed did it. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of guys that have done it already. And this is the year Eric Armstead gets way more credit for yeah. what he does. He absolutely. Dominates the trenches. Fred Warner, D. Greenlaw are two of the best line, or that's a great linebacker duo. An underrated free agent signing Warner that I really, really liked was Traverius Ward to the 49ers. Thank you. Yeah. Last year, San Francisco was the most penalized secondary in the NFL. Traverius Ward penalized one time yeah. all year. 23rd PFF ranked cornerback, and to throw a PFF grade your way. Woo. And I do think that he fits his defense better than he did in Kansas City. They, it was a lot of man to man, straight up. Now you can Traverius Ward can play in more of a zone style scheme. Can watch the quarterback. I do think that fits and well. Emmanuel Mosley on the other side. Jimmy Ward is on the IR right now with a hamstring injury. It looks like so that means he's missing the first four games. It looks like they're going to keep take him on slowly, but I think he should be ready to go. He's also in a contract dispute as well, so you'll see all that kind of works out. But here's my take. I think this is the best defense in football. 
I think the 49ers are going to finish number one in defensive DVOA. I think like, maybe like the different stats. There'll be a top three defense. I'll throw that. There will be the, a top three defense in the NFL. I think they have the best defensive roster in the NFL. And I told you before the episode that there's a future bet that I really like. Fred Warner plus 5,000 to win defensive player of the year. The best defensive player on the best defense sometimes wins. I, I don't mind it. A little sprinkly, sprinkly, sprinkly. I think if they are the number one overall defense, you think it's Nick that Bosa? would mean Nick Bosa yeah, okay. gets twenty plus sacks. That's fair. That's uh, that, and usually ball like usually the guys around the ball win. So you, you're right. The, the plus five thousand just caught my eye today. I was thinking, hmm, like if I think they're going to be no, the best defense in football. Well, I agree with you that on paper, I think this is the best front seven in football. Mm-hmm. They are loaded, loaded, loaded. They can get after the pr- pass passer. They can stop the run. I agree with you that Ward at cornerback is a huge pickup. That was an issue for them last year. They addressed the position. Hopefully, Jason Verrett gets back on the field. He's out currently. I don't think he's going to be ready for the start of the season. Yeah, I don't really know about him. Or did he? He didn't have a season ender. Yeah, I think he did, right? Did he? He got hurt in... in, uh, in, Well, why would he be on the roster right now? Well, he's so he's not on the IR, technically. So it says he's on the physical unable form list. He tore his ACL, so they're not rushing him back. There, it would be you know, towards the end of the season oh, if he's okay, coming back. Okay. I, I guess they're, was, I guess yeah. they're holding him to see with roster, kind of just the way the fifty-three man works. Eventually, right. he's probably going to get placed on the IR. Okay, so we'll see. I don't know if I'd go as far as the number one defense, but I'll agree with you that this unit on paper is as good as any team we've talked about. And I think D'Amico Ryan's has a chip on his shoulder this year. One of the best defensive coordinators in the league. I think I think it was insane that he didn't get a head coaching job last year. He, he did a great mm. job. I think they finished fifth in APR per play, seventh in defensive DVOA last year. They were in a wicked unit. And like we brought up at the yeah. beginning of the episode, they were the reason they beat the they went to the uh, NFC Championship they game shut last year. Down exactly. So we talked about this team having a high variance um at the beginning of this episode as well. I'm going to plant my flag at the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to buy in. I'm going to buy into the Trey Lance there. I'm going to buy into Kyle, Sh- Kyle Shanning, knowing how to use him, spending those two first-round picks and getting Trey Lance. I think this offense has a high – I think it has a lot of potential. I don't know if they'll hit the absolute ceiling, but I think they'll get enough out of Trey Lance. They'll get enough out of this offense. The defense will be top. I think they're going to win 12 football games, and I think they're going to win the NFC West. I am on board with you, man. I'm going to follow that and take the 49ers to win the West. I don't know if it's as much as I what I love about the 49ers. I'm going to talk to you about the Rams right now. Okay. And I'm going to predict regression. Yes. Okay, we're on this we're on this board cuz that's what I that's we were talking we both had takes on this division. That was one of my bigger ones. So the Rams are looking to be the first team to repeat as Super Bowl champs since the New England Patriots of 2004. It's been that long, eh? So offense finished 8th overall in DVOA last year, and if it were to drop, my guess would be due it would be because of the O-line. They were number 1 in pass block win rate. They had the least number of false starts and holding penalties. They were healthy most of the year. They had the fourth most games as a starting five. You could argue this was the best offensive line in football last year. Yep. Austin Corbett has moved on to the Panthers. Austin Blythe has moved on to the Seahawks. And the big big man, Andrew Whitworth, retired and is on his way to Canton as we speak. 
Did you see him in that interview in the preseason where he said that the Cowboys called him? Did you see that? I saw that. That's tampering, isn't it? Not. I think they kind of walked it back. I think after he said it, he realized like, fuck, like. Why is that tampering? Because he's technically still on. He's an LA Rams still because he retired, right? I think. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so okay. I think they kind of walked it. Back. I think they. Re- I think he realized after he said like. Crap, like I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I'm sure the Dallas Cowboys called anybody who played left yeah. tackle after that. Jason injury. Peters was in the building today. Jason Peters would be the second the oldest person in the NFL besides Tom Brady. He'd be the only that. other 40 year old. Yeah. Where was I? All right. Joe Step- Noteboom, you're at. That's right. Yeah. Starting in at left tackles, Joe Notenboom. The guards are going to be David Edwards and Coleman Shelton. Not going to. I. Don't know much about yeah, these guys, the, but I'm going to guess they're not as good as the number one offensive line. I in know football. Joe Noteboom was a good swing tackle for them last year. He played well. He's now starting. I don't know much about the rest of their offensive line. Uh, I'm not going to. Yeah. Can't wait to predict. It, people are saying they're going to have about an average offensive line, so I'll buy that. Right, which yeah. is going to be a big downgrade yeah. from the number one unit in football last year. Allen Robinson comes over. He was the big free agent pickup. Only 60%. Of balls thrown at Allen Robinson were deemed catchable last year. <laughs> Stafford is a major, major upgrade over Blake Bortles, Chad Henney, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, and rookie Justin Fields. Those are the guys Allen Robinson has receptions from. That's a sad list. <laughs> Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson make up the backfield. Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Van Jefferson... As we know, the Rams are loaded when it comes to weapons, but there is a very, very big but at the end of this offensive preview, and that would be the elbow yes. of Matthew Stafford. What's your concern about Matthew Stafford's elbow heading oh, into this year? Oh, if I had to give it a ranking yeah. out of 10, it would be 10. Okay. As a guy growing up who's loved baseball, elbows do not magically get better. Mm-hmm. Elbows get better with knives and surgery. Yes. Mr. Tommy a, John surgery. A guy saying that his elbow is flaring up before the season even starts is terrifying to me. I did not draft a single Ram in fantasy football for that reason. There is a scenario where Matt Stafford cannot throw a football more than 20 yards. Mm-hmm. And if you know the Sean McVay offense, that would be a big damn deal. I don't, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to give any medical yeah. like, designation of what he is, but apparently Stafford is dealing with dead arm and elbow soreness. That's terrifying. Yeah, it doesn't sound good to me. That is why I'm low on this offense. Let's look at the defense. Number five in DVOA last year. That would be because of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. However... This season, they project to face the most difficult schedule of opposing offenses. What happens when you win the Super Bowl? Exactly. Their work is going to be cut out for them to be another top five unit. Donald created 109 pressures (laughs) from the inside. That sounds fake, but it's real. Outrageous. He makes everyone's job easier on the front seven. Leonard Floyd is the top edge rusher. But I don't know where else pressure is going to come from from this front line. Ashawn Robinson, <coughs> Greg Gaines, Justin Hollins, none of those names really speak out to me as get-after-the-passer type guys. 
Bobby Wagner isn't the player he once was, but he's still an upgrade over Troy Reader, who was just downright awful last year. Jalen Ramsey, we all know who he is. He is an elite cover corner in the fact that he follows the number one wide receiver and does not mind playing slot. If Devontae Adams, because we we talked about the Packers offense last year, how hard it was for defenses to follow Devontae Adams. Some teams, their number one corners don't like going in the slot. Jalen Ramsey doesn't give a shit. He's following that number one receiver wherever he lines up. That is a huge, huge advantage. Troy Hill is coming back after a year in Cleveland. Jordan Fuller had a nice year at safety. Really good player. Really underrated player. They got him the sixth round, too, and he started as a rookie of the sixth round. Like he was good. Yeah. Those are their three above average players in the secondary. But if I'm being honest, David Long, Taylor Rapp, Nick Scott, those three players project to start on a nickel defense. They're a little below average. I think the secondary is taking a step back mm-hmm. overall. And also, when you just look at the overall roster build of the Rams. They are all high-level talent, and then they don't really have that middle ground. They have been extremely lucky the last five years or so. They have not run into major injury issues. They're, I hate saying this, they're due. Yeah. (laughs) Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey stay on the field. Cooper Cup play every single snap of every year. It's mind-blowing. Maybe praise should go to their... Strength and conditioning staff. Maybe it isn't just a coincidence. Maybe they do something different there. I don't know. But the odds of their all these top-end talent guys staying healthy again is against them. Throw in how difficult their schedule is. They have the second hardest schedule overall. Like I said, the hardest schedule of opposing offenses I think regression is coming here. How big regression? Are you throwing are they making the playoffs? That's the thing. Yeah. I think eight, nine wins gets you a wild card in the NFC. Okay. So I'm not going to go crazy and say they missed the playoffs. Oh, I was hoping you would. But I think that they're second in this division mm-hmm. and are, like I said, eight or nine wins. I'm glad you brought up like the, kind of the top heavy to like they don't really have like a middle ground. It's funny because their middle ground keeps getting paid to go elsewhere. They right. have so many players that they're getting poached. Sebastian Joseph Day. Poach, like you can name it across the board. Guys play here and go get paid elsewhere. Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald are two of the best defensive players in the league. But around them, it gets worse and worse. And it's it's gonna hit a point where it's gonna become a problem. They're asking and this Bobby, year, they're asking Bobby Wagner to do a lot, which yeah. is scary to me. He was didn't have a good year last year. No, he didn't. It was he, insane that he was a 24th ranked player on the top NFL top 100. You I can't look at his super. tackle totals yeah. and get the full story. He was below average in coverage last year. He was a below average linebacker. Yeah, like this, this the roster is getting depleted talent. And look, I know you love Allen Robinson. I know you think he's a great football player. I'm not buying that he's just going to come in and be the Odell Beckham Jr. role that he played last year. Another thing people forget, everyone can rip Odell Beckham Jr. all you want. He was so damn important to this team in the Super Bowl run. When he got hurt in the Super Bowl, this offense stalled. The Bengals' offense also stalled. But the Rams didn't do anything until the last drive of the game, basically, when Odell Beckham left. The last drive, Cooper Cup went uh, behemoth mode, and they end up getting it, and they end up winning, of course. But Odell Beckham Jr. was so so important to the way this offense worked. Without him, 
I don't know if Allen Robinson can come in and be the old Robert Woods or can come in and be the old Odell Beckham Jr. And the Stafford double thing is is something. It's 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 an issue. Until it's proven otherwise, I'm going to think that it's an issue. I think the Los Angeles Rams ultimately make the playoffs. I think I think nine and eight probably sounds right, but I'm with you. I think the defending Super Bowl champs are going to be a lot worse than they were last year. Yeah. I'm going to be high on Allen Robbins because he's my guy. I'm obviously biased when I say that. But they could have done a lot worse in that wide receiver two spot. Yeah, I think it's a great pickup. I just There hasn't been proof of concept yet to me that he can come in and fill that role. He was great. He was great till last year in Chicago. Was it just the quarterback? You're right. Like We haven't proven it. Prove it to me first. Um, It's just also throwing the fact their schedule is so, so tough. The quarterbacks that they play, like they get, they get Aaron Rodgers, they get Murray twice, they get I guess Trey Lance twice, still to be determined. But just overall, their schedule is an absolute nightmare. Bills Josh, at the gate, Josh Allen, yeah. yeah. Bills, Falcons, Cardinals, 49ers, Dallas, Carolina, San Fran, Tampa to start first nine weeks. Yeah, I don't see and a lot of wins when here. You're, when you're the Super Bowl fa- the Super Bowl champ, everybody gives you their best effort. There's a reason nobody's defended since 2004. It's damn hard to do. Check week 14 to 17. Hosting the Raiders at Lambeau, hosting the Broncos at the Chargers to finish the season. Wait, they play three out of their four non-conference games to finish the year? Yeah. Vegas, Denver, like that, that's murderer's row. And then yeah. Nixon Lambeau. Yeah. You got to go to Lambeau in there on, uh, it looks like a Monday night game. That's like, a weird scheduling yeah. quirk. Usually you should play your division rivals towards the end, right? Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm low on the Rams this year. I, I, I don't, I wasn't going to go as far as you and say they're going to miss the playoffs. I was hoping you would for some spice, but it's hard because the NFC is so good. I was going to say. Who else is going to make the playoffs? Like I said, I was thinking about Seattle, but no. Like the Saints, like the Cowboys, Saints, like you're, those are all kind of teams in those bottom Eagles potentially, right? Like you're kind of there's a lot of mucky water towards the do bottom of the think, NFC. Do you think the last wild card team in the NFC will be under 500? Probably. Like there's a realistic yeah. scenario where eight wins gets you in, and I don't think nine wins gets you into the AFC. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it could be ten wins. Last wild card spot. Eagles have what nine and eight last year, right? Nine and eight, and what you got the and last wild card? I think they punted the last game of the year. So, yeah, the, and the Eagles lost a bunch of one score games. Anyway, that's a conversation for another. Yeah, day, but, um, <laughs> so sad. Yeah. Okay. Anything else on this division? One more to go. Yeah. One more NFC East will come at you sometime early in a couple of days. This episode will be released on Saturday, so probably probably looking for around Monday, Tuesday for the NFC East. So make sure to check out that. And that's division previews. Eric and I will be giving you our awards picks, Super Bowl predictions. Playoff predictions probably Thursday or I'm guessing Friday of next week, right? Um, we're going to do it after week one, so stay tuned for that. I'm Brendan. That's Eric. Thank you so much for listening. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. We'll talk to you later.